Hi, everyone. How are you doing? It's Jonathan Lift here from the Big Apple Film Festival here in New York City. Today, I am hanging out with Francisco Solizano. He is a filmmaker, a writer, director, producer. He's an actor, and he's also the owner and founder of the Barefoot Theater Company, all right here in New York City. So, Francisco, how are you today? Good. Thank you. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Yes, definitely. So, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, sort of your career and how you kind of uh, took control of your career at a very young age. You realized that acting was a craft, an art, but also, of course, a business. Um, so, um, and in recognizing that, you create your own projects, you create your own theater company, you produce your own films, uh, and, and of course, you work with others as well, but you do create a lot of your own content. So, uh, if you could talk a little bit about how you started out and how you got to where you are today. Sure, yeah. Um, I started out very young, training at the Lee Strasberg Theater Institute, as well as some other uh, schools here in New York City, like HB Studios. And um, while in high school, uh, I attended the NYU summer program, and that's kind of where I got the idea that I wanted to pursue acting full-time. And um, while in college, I didn't seem uh, very happy with the idea of casting, uh, catacalls, waiting around to uh, get the part. So, and 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 also, you know, taking um, waiting around to get cast in projects that I might not necessarily be fully in love with. So, I took it upon myself to uh, start this theater company in order to create original works and produce plays that I felt. Um, I had a, a greater sense of uh, wanting to tell the full story, be a part of a bigger story rather than just taking a part as an actor. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that was about 1999 when I started Barefoot Theater Company. Um, you, you had mentioned, uh, you know, you didn't you didn't want to wait around for parts, but you also didn't mm -hmm. want to take parts that you didn't necessarily want. Um, yeah. You know, I've 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 uh, heard many times uh, actors being told, you know, just take whatever you can. If you get right. whatever you get offered, take it, like just to, get, just to work. But at the same time, I kind of always wondered, can you really do that if you don't feel connected to that character or that story in any way? Uh, can you still give it your best performance, you think? Or how, how does that work as an actor? Yeah, I think you can, but I do think, you know, it's uh, it's one of the hardest things saying no to a project, but I think it can also be the one of the best things because you'll also be doing a service not just to your own craft, but to the production itself. If uh, you know, you go into it unsure and uh, you know, feeling like there's not much that you can offer to the story um outside of just playing a playing a role. And that's just my personal opinion. I love, be, you know, taking part in a project where I believe entirely in the story that's being told. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I think when you really believe in the story, you believe in the character, mm -hmm. I would imagine it probably even enhances the performance that much, that much more. Right. Um, uh, so when you kind of were first starting out, did, did you, were you, were, were you um, aware that you wanted to do theater and film, or did you have sort of a, a preference one over the other early on? What was your thoughts on that beginning? Yeah, I, I've always been more uh, driven, 
still am, to work in film. And while in high school, my guidance counselor, uh, Susan Simon, was really was really amazing in guiding me and, 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 you know, letting me know that I should start from the ground up and get some training um, under my belt in theater just to learn the basics and get through, you know, script analysis and try to find a technique that really works for me. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, I fell in love with theater. I'm still in love with theater, but I've been doing mostly that uh through not just with Barefoot Theater Company, but, you know, getting hired outside of Barefoot and doing regional theater. Um, and within, I would say, the last six years or so, I've been doing mostly films and and um, kind of guiding Barefoot Theater Company through the sister company, Barefoot Studio Pictures, to do that, to focus more on films. Um, if, um, if I could just focus just for a moment on um, on mm-hmm. the theater aspect of it. Uh, and then I want to talk about the film as well. But uh, um, I'm just curious, how did, so how did you go about starting Barefoot Theater Company? I mean, New York City is obviously extremely a, a very a very competitive market for theater yeah. with all the Broadway shows, of course, all the off-Broadway shows and everything else going on. Um, and yet you've been able to maintain this very successful theater company now for a number of years. Um, mm-hmm. Not to mention that, you know, the spaces, obviously, of course, are very expensive because it's Manhattan. Um so how do you how did you go about starting Barefoot Theater Company? How did this all sort of come about? Well, I, I was uh, pretty lucky to meet some amazing professionals in the theater world here in New York, specifically Eric Nightingale and Ruth Nightingale, who ran the uh, theater lab, 78th Street Theater Lab on 78th and Broadway. And they basically took me under their wing. I worked for them in the space, and we had pretty much like a barter system where they would give me free space, and that's, that was kind of the genesis of Barefoot is – that was our home for many years. We developed new works. We started producing some works from um, lesser-known works from established playwrights. Um, and I think through fostering relationships with other artists and professionals is uh, was the key thing for us is being able to make those connections. And then, you know, the same with uh, the folks that ran uh, Theater Row Theaters. And uh, being able to, what we used to call back then the handshake deal, which is we would provide some kind of service, um, you know, hands-on work, and then we would get some free hours. And then throughout that, you know, throughout the early years, we would also do some fundraising. And obviously this is all before um, Kickstarter and whatnot. So it would be a lot of private donations and uh, parties that we would throw and uh, and just make some uh, funds through that. I see. And so how often... Do you uh, have a show going? Do you, is there always something happening? Do you always have a production in place, or is it a few times a year? What, what's the sort of schedule like? Yeah, well, well it was definitely much easier uh, earlier on with uh, the spaces. Unfortunately, 70 Street Theater Lab is no longer um, around. But we used mm-hmm. to have anywhere from, like, three to four productions back then. Now it can be anywhere from, like, one to two, especially with the focus on film you know, going into pre-production for six-plus months and then shooting and then post-production. Um, so we've been doing less full productions. In the meantime, though, we do have a lot of um, workshops that we do within the ensemble as well as readings. We do readings for um, the public, not just in New York, but in L.A. with our what we call a Bare Naked Reading Series. And it's called Bare Naked because we focus entirely on the script and the process of the writing with no sets, no props, no costumes. And it's truly an event where we 
uh, bring in a live musician. We provide refreshments, and it's all just on a suggested donation basis. Oh, wow, very nice. So if there's a, if there's a, a screenwriter or a playwright that was interested in being a part of that, how would they how would they enter? Uh, we welcome all writers to really just contact contact us via any of our like social media outlets. Um, you know, we do have a, a probably around like 80 ensemble members at the moment, and we do get a lot of recommendations through them. You know, anyone who might know a playwright who's got a play or a screenwriter who's got a screenplay that they are wanting to hear privately, and then we'll get together and try to figure out, you know, what the next step is if uh, public. Um, presentation or reading is necessary or helpful, then we'll pursue that as well. Okay. Uh, and now I have, one, I have one last question for you about theater, then I'm going to ask you about film. Um, as far as the mm-hmm. theater goes, um, with all the uh, productions going on around the city, as I mentioned before, with all the Broadway and off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway and everything else, um, yeah. how, does, how, how do um, off-Broadway theater companies like yourself um, – fill the house how do you go about with all the productions going on at the same time every weekend in new york city how do you sort of draw an audience um you know that's very tricky that's probably the hardest thing is the advertising and marketing just because there's so much like you said out there here in new york city but we do have a large uh email list we also do uh share our email list with other companies and we again we do a barter system where we'll ask other companies institutions, schools, acting schools to help us by spreading the word and including us in their email blasts. And then just within our friends and family in the company, we try to fill up the house as much as possible. We were lucky enough this past summer, we produced a revival of Joe Pintaro's Wrath of the Medusa, and we were able to sell out the majority of that production, which was uh, pretty, pretty awesome. Oh, is that so? Do you, do you find it helpful if it's uh, work that's like a revival or something that's sort of been around that's sort of known about already? Does that kind of help? If it's like, oh yeah, it definitely it definitely does help, especially if it's a piece that's got some notoriety to attach to it and it's had some successes in the past. And it's a piece we've done before. We just felt like we wanted to give it another shot, and we had a, a pretty much, I would say like maybe fifty percent of the cast were new. And uh, it all just seemed right, and the pieces came together this time. So we felt like it definitely helped. Okay, because I was curious because I uh, there's a theater over on McDougal Street next to the Comedy Cellar. I think it's called the Players uh-huh. Theater. Um, uh-huh. And you know, I walked I walked past there. Uh, it's in the, it's in Greenwich Village for those people who don't know, in the West Village on McDougal. When I walked back there, you know, uh, when I walked past there a couple times, like I'll see. Uh, like during Halloween, they had Sleepy Hollow, and then during Christmas, right. they had, uh, you know, um, uh, Christmas Carol and things like that. So I, I was wondering, like, if you have pre-existing material, I imagine that probably, you know, probably helps um, for sure in that respect. Um, so in terms of – okay, so now you're doing primarily film. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you had a short film called Floating Sunflowers with Anna Klumski that screened at Big Apple Film Festival – um, you have a film now that was uh, directed by Caitlin Fitzgerald, correct? Uh, um, yeah, we did a following Floating Sunflowers. Right, right. Okay. Um, so, what? Let me just ask you. What's the, the most? Let, let's talk about Caitlin Fitzgerald's project first. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the title of that of that film? Uh, the that short film is called The Girl with the Jacket. Okay. 
Um, now you you were able. How did how, how did Caitlin kind of get involved with with this project? So Caitlin's been a member of our company as well. Just like you know, we're a group of actors. We're also a pretty, a very much a support system for each other. And she presented a script to us, an idea that she wanted to pursue. She hadn't directed anything yet, and we encouraged her to keep writing it. And finally, just said, "Let's let's go ahead and uh, and produce this." And that's what we did. We just, just jumped in head first, and she was mm-hmm. able to get behind the camera and direct. And it was an amazing experience to work with her on that. Nice. And then you had floating sunflowers, as I mentioned, that at Anna Klumski. Mm-hmm. How did how were you able to uh, to acquire? Uh, Anna for that for that project. So pretty much the same thing. Uh, Anna was uh, in a production of ours, a revival that Eric Nightingale also directed called Bomb and Gilead a few years before that and had become a company member at that point. And, you know, I, I knew she had done the first season of Veep and I had this script that was presented to us, which I really liked and thought that she'd be great for the role and approached her and she was available. Also, fell in love with the script, and that was pretty much how it uh, how it came about. The majority of the cast, again, were Barefoot Theater Company ensemble members. Okay. Now, but when you do a film, do you, yeah, I'm assuming you have to go through SAG and go through the the low budget mm-hmm. agreement. Yep. Things like that. Okay. Yep. Um, now, for for filmmakers who are listening, um, if they want to get SAG actors like that is is it a difficult process to go through it to get the low go through the low budget agreement or is it fairly simple how does that how does that work I think it's fairly simple um, you know we luckily have a, a great producing team that does a lot of the paperwork and SAG has always been extremely helpful extremely supportive and with regards to finding actors who you know just like Caitlin or Lynn Cohen and Klumski you know luckily they've been a part of our family for many years. So that's been pretty easy, but whenever we feel like there's an artist that we don't know and would like to approach, we just simply would go through the, you know, reaching out to their representatives, agents, or managers, and that's always been fairly easy as well. Right, right. And, yes, you had Lynn Cohen as well um, in, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a film. Lynn Cohen was in The Hunger Games and uh, Steven Spielberg's Munich and uh, Sex in the City, amongst many, many others. Um, so w- which is the film that you had Lynn, Lynn Cohen in? So Lynn actually made a cameo in Floating Sunflowers, and then oh. I, di- yeah, um, mm-hmm. I directed and wrote our third short film, which starred Lynn Cohen and my then seven-year-old son, with again an ensemble filled with uh, Barefoot Theater Company members. I see. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's great. So you're so you kind of it's, it's great because you have access to sort of all these very credible oh, yeah. and talented actors. Um, through barefoot, so it's almost kind of like barefoot. Barefoot is kind of like this hub of all these great actors, and then yeah. when you make films, you kind of have access to all of them. So it's kind of a really, really great yeah. situation. Um, so now you know you you create these. Oh, and you, and you were associate producer of a, of a feature film as well. Yes, yeah. I was asked uh, a couple years ago to be part of a what was then going to be a short film. And um, as the lead and the script, I just completely fell for it. I loved it. And the more the writer began to work on it and have conversations with me about the script, it slowly started to develop into a feature film with a lot more cast members attached to it. And he asked if I could help him um, with the casting process. And I said, yes, of course. I said, you know, some actors find the audition process sometimes extremely painful. 
And I just had asked if, you know, if he met with Barefoot Theater Company members, if he could just like meet with them over coffee and like have a conversation with him, with them and see if, you know, if he felt like they were right or not for the role, that if he could just go through it in that way, rather than putting them through auditions after auditions and callbacks and so forth. And I would say pretty much 90% of the, the feature film is made up of uh, ensemble members. Wow. That's so great. You have a whole a whole circle there that you've, you've built for yourself. Yeah. Um, well, I, I should mention that Steppenwolf Theater Company was always my inspiration for for Barefoot Theater Company. You know, the company out in Chicago that started like Malkovich and, and uh, John Malkovich. Yeah, uh, John. Mm-hmm. John Allen. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Steppenwolf. So that yeah, that was right. Gary Sinise, John Malkovich. And who who's the other one? Um, Joan Allen, Laurie Metcalf. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't realize. I, I thought it was just Malkovich and Gary Sinise. I didn't even realize that there were others as well. Yeah, there was about like seven of them, I believe, or eight around that. Uh, you know, early on in the seventies when they started. Right. I remember reading that. I think they started out in in basements of churches and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess it just yeah blew up, and they brought it to New York, and and mm-hmm. they're off and running. Um, now. The the films that you've created, um, how are you going about getting them out to the world? Do you have sort of a distribution plan in place? Do you do the festival circuit? Are you releasing them online? What's your 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 plan for that? Yeah, definitely the uh, festival circuit. You know, just submitting to all the festivals that we feel are appropriate for the films. Each one is very different. Um, we've also been able to establish amazing relationships with festival programmers like yourself and try to continue those relationships with any film that we have in the, in the works or that we've produced in addition to, you know, Amazon prime being an amazing resource to be able to get the works out there for folks to stream. Oh, okay. so are, are, are any, are your projects on Amazon prime at the moment? Well, we're currently working on getting floating sunflowers on there. It's just a matter of getting the subtitles all completed and, uh, and getting them ready to be out there. Right, right, right. Um, and then in terms of like getting the word out about your films, how do you, do you mm-hmm. use mostly social media or do you have some other sort of way of getting the word out? Uh, we do. Uh, yeah, definitely. Social media is a great resource. Uh, we were also lucky enough to work with a publicist, LA Publicity, which is run and operated by Lauren Evanoam. She's also been really great at that. Okay. The word um, for us, yeah. And um, do you think uh, for filmmakers who are self-distributing, even even a, like a short film, would you say mm-hmm. that Amazon is is a good way to go? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I, for, you know, I, I I imagine most people are in, in the two big ones. I imagine are Amazon and mm-hmm. Netflix. And uh, if you're on there, uh, yeah. especially if you're a Prime member, you can just sort of click on it, and, and there you go. Um, yeah. All right. Um, and now are you, and so you're, you're a, a writer, you're a director, you're a producer, you're an actor. Do you have, um, yeah. and you're an owner of a theater company, um, yeah. you're a business owner as well. I mean, do you have any part of this that's a preference one over the other or is it all equal? Oh, for sure. Definitely acting. And then, uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoy directing, but acting is, uh, has always been number one passion mm-hmm. for me, for sure. Do you, do you fi- have a lot of, time to even act in other people's projects or are you busy kind of 
Is your own? No, yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I may, I definitely make acting a priority. Um, I do have a great, uh, small, uh, core team of team, um, sorry, core members within the company that help me with, you know, some of the basics of like running our workshops or our gatherings, um, the reading series. And then even when it comes to pre-production on any project, whether it's a film or a theater, it's, uh, I make sure that I surround myself with the right group of people that can help me carry out the, the project. And, and, you know, sometimes I find myself, we might be producing a project and I'll be acting in someone else's work. And it's all just a matter of mastering the act, the, you know, the art of juggling, which I think most actors are, are pretty good at. All right. Now, and, and that said, um, if you, um, if you had any advice that you could sort of pass along to any aspiring actors or aspiring filmmakers or aspiring, uh, you know, uh, uh, theater company, you know, uh, owners, yeah. uh, what, what, what would it be? I would definitely say create your own work, even if that means sitting down and start writing that idea that you think is, you know, needs to be put down on paper and just surround yourself with uh collaborative, you know, group of artists who can help support you and give you the right feedback and con- constructive criticism is always great. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just create your own work, truly, whether it be film or theater. Great. Uh, okay. And how can people sort of keep in touch with you if they want to, check out your films or some of your theater work uh you have a website uh our website is currently uh under construction we have some amazing new ensemble members so we're uh, trying to get all their information up there so that's currently under construction but we are always pretty active on social media instagram facebook okay, and that's cool. that, and that you, we can easily be yeah, reach through. Okay, that. cool. Do, do, do you have a, a personal website or um, just yeah, uh, yeah, my yeah, my personal website is my name, Francisco. Got it. Com. Yeah. Okay, so the website. Uh, if you want to keep up with uh, Francisco's work as a writer, director, filmmaker, actor, uh, or any of the theater work, uh, it's Francisco Solozano. Dot com, um, and of course Instagram, right? Facebook, Twitter, and all the all that good stuff. Okay, Francisco, well, thank you so much, um, and thank you. We'll, we'll be in touch. Looking forward to seeing more of your work. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Jonathan. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye.